Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. On this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about the news. Uh, we'll be looking in depth at the new Metal Gear Solid trailer, and of course, this week's awesome preview. But uh, Tom Butler, you got kind of excited about the return of Doctor Who this week. I did. I did a little sex wee in my pants. Oh, oh. Yeah, it was uh, very exciting. I had to change you in the games room. Um, yeah, I was just uh, really excited. Doctor Who's back. Uh, it's the seventh series, and it started with a Dalek episode. Did everyone watch it? Yes. No. Asylum of the that's Daleks. Fine. So zombie um, Daleks, by all accounts. Well, there was a lot of weird stuff going on in there, including yeah, zombie uh, Dalek drones. They were like humanized Daleks, um, or Daleks that we yeah. Wait, hang on. Well, like Daleks, Daleks that had been hum- no wait the other way around humans that had been Dalekized. Mm. Uh. Right. Yeah, but not like not like Davros. No, but uh. then there were also dead versions of them. So they were like zombie Dalek humans. It was uh, it was what? all very exciting. I, um, uh, go on. Sorry, I was going to say. Um, Doctor Who's really popular now, but I think there's still people who have kind of never seen Doctor Who. How accessible was it if you've never seen Doctor Who? Because I know a couple of friends who were going to jump in straight with the series. If you watched that, would it have been unintelligible? No, not at all. No. I mean, they set them up as villains. Um, so there's loads like of cool stuff going on, yeah. I mean, it's not like... It's not Kate and Mythos. No, you don't have to know every single Kate. sort of uh, historical thing. But there were lots of nice nods to the history of the show. Um, which were really enjoyable. But Stephen Moffat has famously said that he doesn't like the Daleks. He really dislikes writing the Daleks. Right, okay. Did he write the episode? And he, he wrote the, the episode, episode. yeah. Okay. So he, his big uh, mantra was to make them scary again, which I think he did. I think he did. No, they weren't scary at all. That was the one thing I thought, that it wasn't frightening in the okay. slightest. Okay. But we met the new companion. Well, did, did we? we? Well, we met the actress that plays the new companion. So Jenna Louise Coleman, she was like within it in the first few minutes of the episode, which was a big shock for everyone because uh, we weren't expecting her to arrive until Christmas. So yeah, Jenna Louise Coleman's in it. She played Oswin Oswald, which is quite an interesting character name. Actually, that, her name that was her character name in the show, which I found quite annoying. That is annoying. Yeah. Um, she's going to be Oswin for the rest of the series. She sounds like a, a, a bunny rabbit from a 1920s Disney cartoon. Well, this is the thing. So, spoilers. If you haven't watched the show, then probably don't listen to this bit and skip on. But uh, she did. She dies at the end of the episode. So, is it is it the future companion? Will the Doctor go back and save her? Because up until this point, she's been referenced as Clara in all the, uh, in all the, the sort of story things online so whether it's the same person whether it's an ancestor or whether it's some time thing has, like forgive my doctor who naivety but is, do they ever dabble with parallel universes in doctor who is it always like different time periods within one unified universe there is no fixed sort of rules, rules. There, there, are, there are no rules yeah. okay so it could be something like yeah that, it perhaps. could totally be something like that um but they don't normally go back and change things if they can if right, someone okay. dies they normally die and they die for good so, but that was probably the most exciting thing. Uh, it was a really good episode. She I was thought. quite likable though, and quite funny, and quite fit. Well, it was quite it was quite quick for her to be on screen that you forgot that Rory and Amy were even about. That I mean, they, and they suddenly became really stilted and really. Annoying. Rory and Amy quite annoying. Um, sometimes, yeah. I'm a bit I tired do. of their relationship. Yeah, yeah, I just. 
bickering. It's, come to, it's, it's come to the end of their t- their time. And yeah. yeah, they they they'll be leaving at the end of episode five. So. Tom, that's what yeah. Are we doing anything special around yeah. Doctor Who, do Tom? Pl- do you want to plug it? Well, there's um, a Doctor Who discussion show that we're making uh, who, for who, IGN. Who's it, who's it hosted by? Uh, hosted by me. Are we going to brand it as the Tom Butler Who Show? <laughs> we were trying to think of good names for it, but um, that wasn't one of them that but was mentioned. Mm, quite like but that. Doctor Butler. Um, the Doctor will see you now. Uh, but so yeah, that'll be on the site soon, and, and straight away after episode two, you'll be able to watch it on Sunday morning, and same with episode three. And then we're not sure about the next two episodes after that because they haven't been shown to critics. Should yet. it not be Doctor Whom? Yes. Just putting that out there. Yeah. So right, moving on. Let's <laughs> move on to this week's news. So, oh, but uh, shall oh. I just um, can I just jump in with some feedback? Yes, oh, of course. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so um, IGN intern Matt Allen has written in. Uh, he says, I was wondering what you thought, thought of the first episode. How will the Doctor rescue the new assistant from being blown up from the planet explosion? Um, and will the Doctor turn into a Dalek over the course of the series? Well, this is a lot, there's a lot of speculation, speculation there, Matt. Um, and I, I think we've covered it mainly. Um, so, so I don't the, know why I jumped in with the feedback there. The, the Doctor might turn into a Dalek. So there was this whole thing in the episode about um, these nanobots that turned humans into Daleks, like, like into drones. Yeah, it was okay. like an infection. The Doctor took his off to save Amy. Ooh. So, but I thought she said because he's the Doctor because he's not a human. He doesn't need one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I don't think that's going to happen. No. But we could, cool. see, we could see. We could see a companion if if she is if Oswin is the companion. A part Dalek, part human companion in the future. Mm. Oh, that'd be so interesting. Yeah, that'd be quite cool. That's kind of like a Terminator thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, thanks for the email, Matt. Um, But, yeah. I don't think... He he messaged me on Twitter, so he didn't like the episode that much, but... Matt Allen. Matt Allen. There you go. Anyway, this week's news, and first up is uh, one of the Assassin's Creed 3 developers has claimed that AAA games are dying out and that uh, Assassin's Creed 3 is one of the last big AAA dinosaurs. So he's basically commenting on the scale and size of the teams needed to make the big games um, uh, these days, and of course with next gen coming up. Uh, and he thinks that uh, rather than games becoming bigger in terms of a d- development team size, that people actually scale back because obviously with next gen consoles probably coming next year, um, it's going to be so prohibitively expensive for most developers to actually put a game together unless it is an Assassin's Creed or a massive title. That you just won't have the sport. There, there won't be enough games out. It's on kind that. of reading that interview with him and what he said. It's kind of sounds a little bit sad. It's almost like um, he's almost lamenting the passing of an era that this is the heyday of video game production, like huge games. You know, like in yeah. I don't know when nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, like the big biblical epics that Hollywood used to make. And it was this time of really massive, opulent filmmaking. And then obviously the war happened and things like this, and conditions change, and you can't make those scale productions. And because of the rise of indie and next gen, that you won't have these huge AAA games like Assassin's Creed Three. Because yeah. he's saying Assassin's Creed Three was like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Because like all the things just came together at the right time. Like he still had a massive team. It's late in the console cycle, so they know how to get the most out of that console, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. I don't think he means that there's not going to be another Assassin's Creed or yeah. indeed Assassin's Creed Three whatever it might be called, which comes out next year. But maybe not the one but that in has... in terms of the scale that was put into this game. It. So they've been working on it for three years. And loads of teams across the globe have pulled together to work as, work on different parts of the game. I think that's what he means in that respect. Yeah. 
But I think also Ubisoft is quite unique in in that respect. Some companies do have like a couple of dev studios, maybe working on single player and multiplayer. But Ubi you normally has like six different studios from all around the world like pulling together. Remain insane. Yeah. Do you know what? I you know I kind of see what you're saying, but I still think. Surely, yeah, for a next-gen game, you're going to need more more developers and, and more sort of technical staff to make these pull, pull these things together. I just think there will become a gulf. I think you'll get the games like you know the big AAAs that uh, have a thousand people working on them uh, and will sell bucket loads, but then you'll get the other games that probably sell for fifteen quid that are done by much kind of smaller studios, and it's the stuff in the middle that probably fizzles out. That is kind of you know a solid game but not enough people buy it to actually make it a viable pros- proposition to make. It's kind of an odd thing for him to come out and say, considering he's part of one of the biggest development teams ever. Like, this but maybe, is he's of- like, maybe he knows that that team's going to get broken up. Maybe he knows what's happening with Next Gen, that the next Assassin's Creed game, they, want, they don't want it to take three years, they want it to take a year and a half. Like, this yeah. will come on to my news story in a minute, but yeah. maybe it's a sign of the times. But it's also uh, Cliffy B said the same thing, that uh, developing for next generation hardware will really kind of um, uh, prevent kind of creativity because, you know, you have to have a guaranteed hit on your hands. Otherwise, you know, you'll be around for that one game that you've made and then the, the investment, like, on Next Gen will be, like, huge, won't it, initially, yeah. at yeah. least? Yeah. And also, the return, probably relatively small, which also, is why, you know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, will GTA V, for example, be on Next Gen if it comes out? next year then it makes sense for it to be on current gen because the install base is much much bigger also like the turnaround time on next gen games because if the the hardware is that sophisticated and you get more realistic graphics mm. obviously more realistic graphics require more time to create and bigger teams bigger teams so yeah. you don't want to spend five years on a game that's maybe a a, a dicey property like no anyway that's my opinion so anyway that's uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed um, I've got some news here about James Bond. Uh, ba, da, ba. Thanks for that. It's all right. Um, apparently, um, there are reports out there that Daniel Craig has signed on to play James Bond another two more times, which will mean he'll have played Bond, if that happens, at least five times. Um, obviously, obviously, Roger Moore holds the record. He's played 007 seven times in the uh, in f- official films, because if you include Never Say Never Again... Sean Connery is that is that seven for seven him? Seven for Connery. Yeah, is that if, not you, can, if you include that, no. not canon. No, that went off piste. It, it was uh, yeah. Um, it's another studio. Well, it was the it was Thunderball, I think, yeah. that someone else owned the rights to. Um, that they they made it separately and they managed to get Sean Connery involved. It's really weird that it's on TV the other day. It's got Rowan Atkinson in it. Yeah, right. And it's really really bad. Yeah. But it has got Kim Basinger in it as well. Yeah, or Basinger as. You might want to call her, or Kim, um, or Kim. So, but that that that's only. Um, I don't think we had official reports to say that Daniel Craig has definitely signed on for two Would more. Would you bonds. want that being a big bomb fan? I think I think initially he did sign on for that many, but then they released people from their contracts early. They have done previously with Pierce Brosnan and Timothy Dalton. So, how many did Brosnan do? Four, four. four. Right. It seems like he did more than that. They, more, they just went on for ages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like Daniel Craig. I think he's great. I quite bond, like so him to stay on and that, like have another long-running bond instead of like, chop and change. I didn't really like Pierce Brosnan very much. I found him a little bit smug. Yeah, so I think I'll, he became more and more smug over time, didn't he? So the fact that we've got a good solid one, I'd, I'd rather they stuck with him for a while than risk a, 
a bad one coming in. Just not another Quantum of Solace because that movie was terrible. I think we're now more in an age where, I know obviously Roger Moore did Seven in, in the sort of 70s and 80s, but we're now more in an age where actors and franchises are locked down quite early on. You know, like you've got Avatar and Three are already nailed and they're probably all the cast are signed up. Yeah. The Hobbit, they sign them all for three Marvel films. Marvel movies, like they're all Jennifer Lawrence in The Hunger Games. Yeah, all those sorts of, yeah, the Marvel one's probably like a great seven, example. Seven films. So I think it's, there's probably more likely that we'll see longer term bonds now than than before they've been making them at a, at a slower rate than they than they used to that's what but I was going to say yeah they're talking about uh, cranking up to two uh, one every two years now as well really? uh, I think that I think from really between the lines it sounds like that's what Sony wants to do but it's up to Eon who actually are the right. Bond people yeah and I, they, the, the story suggested that they quite enjoyed having the time uh, between Quantum of Solace and this one to really tweak the script for Skyfall to make right. sure it was right. I think having that smaller gap between movies could allow them to do kind of continuous storylines in a way that they don't usually do. And obviously now they're they're really departing from the source material because it's run out. I think it'd be really good to have like a cliffhanger ending. If you're not, if you just wait in two years, you can kind of get away with that. Yeah, a two-year cliffhanger wait—that's well, quite long. And then maybe not. Back. So maybe not. Three years. Doesn't have to necessarily be a yeah, cliffhanger, yeah. but have more continuing elements, yeah, and recurring yeah, characters. Yeah, 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 Whereas yeah. very most Bond films seem kind of even Casino Royale, which had the death of Vesper Lynn carrying over into Quantum, didn't really feel that kind of knitted together as a storyline when he went mm. after Quantum. It felt like a new movie essentially. It would be good to have something over overarching over a few films. That would be really cool. Maybe it's when they Blofeld. bring yeah, yeah, bring him Blofeld, back, yeah, um, or Spectre. I just really remember the huge hatred for Daniel Craig when he was cast as Bond. There was that website, wasn't there? CraigNotBond.com. I wonder if that's still running. Which was a huge, which got huge. That site did. People were so against having this blonde bloke playing with a potato face. Yeah, (laughs) how wrong they were. With a what? Potato face. I'm going to look at Craig Not Bond if it's still running. Uh, Krupa, you've got some uh, Capcom news. Capcom news. This kind of ties back to your bit of news. Um, Capcom released their annual financial report in a very snazzy PDF this week. It's quite good, thrilling reading, re- reading it on the tube. Wow. On my iPad. And it's actually nice formatted. They've done some infographics, so well mm. done, Capcom. Anyway, Capcom president Haruhiro Sujimoto. Um talked about how Capcom are going to change their game development strategy going forward. So kind of they have a lot of big franchises. They have Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, Street Fighter, Monster Hunter. And their plan is like usually those in, those series have major installments every 3 to 4 years. He wants to bring that down to 2.5 years. And he's going to have one of the ways they're going to do this is they're going to have smaller teams working on multiple sequels at the same time. Wow. Which initially doesn't really make a lot of sense. But they could be smaller games, maybe in scale, because they're going to come out more frequently. That really worked well for the Resident Evil series, didn't it? Yep. <laughs> the thing is, that's kind of completely contradicting what they're doing with Resident Evil 6, where it's like the most generous game of all time, because it's four games welded together. Yeah. And it's got all this stuff in it. It's almost like a massive blowout of content before they maybe adopt this model where they're working on multiple sequels at a time. I yep. don't know. And so they're going to be... But he had something to say about next gen but he said they're going to allocate about 20% of all their investment into de- into developing new IPs on the next gen but the new rest IPs the, new IPs but the rest of it's going to be focused on Street Fighter Resident Evil Monster Hunter etc right but so would no, you be worried no cash cows and invest like, that cash back are you new. yeah <laughs> are you worried about that though would you be worried about cuz initially you would worry that 
they're going to do more games more frequently therefore quality standards dip that's not inevitable but the, I know, right so I'm basing this off not having played Resident Evil 6 but what I saw at E3 I'm just not interested in many of Capcom's games anymore really I, I know think... that people are I know that people do get excited for Resident Evil 6 but for me it's just not a Resident Evil game anymore it's a you know a third person action game and it's steadily steadily gotten gotten away from what it kind of originally was and I think that's sad and I know why they do it because the the kind of that third person action genre is bigger and all that kind of stuff but it's sad I, I, I interviewed the director and producer of Resident Evil 6 at Gamescom and mm. I they completely dodged this question which I thought they would do but I said does it not make you a bit sad that under the pressures that you operate today and the kind of climate and the desire for action games that the original Resident Evil game wouldn't probably get greenlit today no. and they just completely dodged that question but it's kind of true what did he say I just went um, I think he said that Resident Evil was a product of the console it was did on he, did he point to the like sky that. and say what's that you turned around and then he ran off yeah <laughs> he started crying <laughs> oh look a zombie he just went oh if you'd like to see the demo again I can play that for you on YouTube <laughs> um, but Devil May Cry that looks good the new Devil May yeah, Cry that looks really right. yeah. cool but I can't, again, if another one comes out in two years, will you still be excited for it? Yeah. I, th- I just think this is a case where, obviously, economics are more, compel- more compelling than, like, artistry or aesthetics or anything like that for the guy in charge. Yeah. That if he, he knows Street Fighter is going to sell him 7 million units, they're going to make him the Street Fighter. Yeah. It's almost but, like a straight-to-DVD model, isn't it, almost? Yeah, like or the Resident Evil movies, even. It's kind of you know, small investment, quick turnaround, and they're regularly and reliably profitable for Capcom. And so people still go and see them. Surprisingly. <laughs> and they come out every two years or so. Yeah. Um, I guess it's like a, almost like a made-for-TV or made-for-DVD sequel like Disney makes. They're, they're cheap to make, people still buy them, it's a, it's a, it's a good source of income for them. Like Bambi 2. <laughs> I was, I was, wow, this is seamless. This is obviously not the second time we've done this. <laughs> I didn't leave this in. I was, Chris, do you know what the longest amount of time between a film and its sequel is? Bambi Bambi two. It's Bambi 2. It's amazing that you knew that first time. Oh, I'm sorry. The magic of editing. You'll never know the difference. <laughs> I don't think they noticed, Tom. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah, so Capcom, what other franchises can they milk? Will they milk Street Fighter to death? I guess they will do. Well, they've also obviously got that's the new the game that they announced. Remember uh, Me. Remember Me. But that's so, probably like that's the 20% allocated for new stuff. Yeah. And they, I'm sure if they get a winner, like even Lost Planet, which did okay, that's become a franchise for them. Yeah, and I've never really enjoyed any of the Lost Planet <laughs> enjoyed the first one. <laughs> but, but someone's buying them somewhere. But you know what? The equation will work out. Like, I'm sure the, the amount of investment on return makes that sensible. Yeah. Good. There you go. Yeah, last well, piece well of done, news. Capcom. I um, I looked up Craig not Bond. Oh, I found it as well. Yeah, it's got lots of Israeli or Arab- Arabic writing. Or on Russian, it. Russian. Yeah, it's still <laughs> like... all the same. But when I googled it, I found a story that I wrote when I was at Time Out back in <laughs> 2006, and um, because I remember being quite annoyed about them setting up that site, and I, I took a quote from the site, and uh, it said, "We don't like Daniel Craig because he is a short blonde actor with the rough face of a professional boxer." And a penchant for playing killers, cranks, cads, and gigolos. 
Uh, right, so there is there is, is short fella. There is another website <laughs> still going, which is DanielCraigIsNotBond.com. Yep. And this is much more regularly updated. But yeah. What can um, he keep doing? He's still still not it today. <laughs> he really and is. you know what? I still still don't think I'll be convinced tomorrow. For five minutes. Last updated on August 29th about uh, classic Blu-ray uh, releases. What the? What's that? What are they doing? Idiots. <laughs> Um, I have some casting news. Um, anyone that's a long-time listener to the podcast will know I'm madly in love with Kick-Ass. So I'm very excited that Kick-Ass 2 is starting filming next week, and they've just announced that Jim Carrey has joined the cast. So a big star for the Kick-Ass universe. <laughs> is that a good thing? <laughs> um, he's playing the Colonel. Well, I, I must admit, I haven't I read like the Jim Carrey. I fucking love Jim Carrey. Do you really? I, I want him to do more him. stuff, I think if anything. Yeah. I don't want him to do like, shit comedies. I think, as a or character is... actor, I think he's great. I think he's really, really good. Um, so for me, that's really good news. Is, it, is the co- I've not read the sequel. Is he. Well, it's not a I haven't read it yet. I'm going to go and get a copy of it after this. But uh, apparently, uh, the director says he's a character who helps galvanise the team of misfit superheroes mm. assembled to fight evil. And uh, with reference to the Kick-Ass comics, they're saying the Colonel could be Colonel Stars, whose alter ego is Sal Bertolini, a former mob soldier turned born-again Christian superhero. Right, that's definitely him. Yeah. <laughs> he can pull that off. Yep, and um, Andy Nyman's joined the cast. I love Andy Nyman. Yeah. Who's he playing? Uh, a character called Hit The Tumor. <laughs> <laughs> the Tumor. <laughs> so I'm guessing a bad guy. But yeah, look up Andy Nyman films and go and see them all because he's brilliant. He is, he is brilliant. So yeah, um, so we'll find out more about that soon. I'm going to somebody try... stop me. Amazing. That's my Jim Carrey impression. Amazing. <laughs> do you think that, that you know like the first sort of classic Jim Carrey films? Do you think you could get them in a box set? You just call them Jim Carrey One, Jim Carrey Two, Jim Carrey Jim, Three, Jim Carrey The Golden Years, The Golden Years. I'd what's, love that. what's your favourite Jim Carrey movie? Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. I went and I watched Dumb and Dumber a few weeks ago, and I still thought it was really good. It's just absolutely hilarious every time. But it's the scene, I think, when they eat the really hot chili peppers and they spray themselves with condiments. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that or Ace Ventura one. uh, No, no. No. Ace Ventura two. When 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 he crawls out of the rhino. (laughs) Every time I get out of a a car that's a little bit too small for me, like getting out of the back, I always say, "Oh, it's like Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura (laughs) two." I love it. I love it. So well, we yeah. gonna, are we going to watch a trailer? What of Kickass Two? No, <laughs> in the trailer of the week section. Yes, of course yes. we are. Fifteen so, minutes worth. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, it's not really a trailer. What's the is magic it? of editing, Tom? Strap yourself in, guys. It's you're here for a while. Extended gameplay footage of the week. Okay. <laughs> extended <laughs> gameplay <laughs> footage. Of we should the film week. us watching trailers. <laughs> kind of like Sky Sports when they're watching the football and talking about it. Can we pause it and like draw stuff over the top of it? That would be good. Tilly's just in the corner going, Oh my God, it's a new Skyfall trailer. <laughs> oh no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Oh it's no, not. it's been disallowed. It's not. It's, it's an advert. It's an advert. It's pre-roll. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what? Alex? Come on, Alex. Come get on. back in the room. Right, so the trailer <laughs> of the week this week is obviously Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. So uh, Hideo Kojima showed off the extended 15-minute uh, uh, gameplay demo at PAX last weekend. So we are going to check it, check 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 it, check it out.
that was pretty. It's certainly well. It's pretty and it's wet, mm. and it's a, it's got a nice poncho. It's got the best poncho graphics I've ever seen. And someone's hideous melted face. Yeah, what do you think happened to him? Uh, <laughs> it's quite like Red Skull-like. But isn't he a character from an old um, Metal Gear game? Is he Alex? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what I read, that like he was an old uh, boss from one of the old games that, that died in an explosion at the end. What, the, the pain? Is the guy, the Hornet guy? He's got a sort of melted face from Metal Gear 3. Yeah. Isn't it supposed to be him? I don't know. I didn't... I didn't put the, those two together when I watched it. Okay. But maybe it is... No, it doesn't look like... It. Well, as we're talking, I'll bring up a picture of the pain and you can sort of see whether it's different. Um, shirt on the pain. Can we talk about the big talking point there? What? Grey... The grey hair. Grey snake. Yeah, because when we saw the trailer and we saw the image that came out um, from the 25th anniversary event, it looked like there was a huge disparity in age between the two snakes. Did you think that? Well, he looks completely grey. Yeah, he does. Like, when he takes off the night vision goggles, yeah. he looks kind of like, I don't know, his late 50s? Early 50s? Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair to say. And then in the p- image they released, he looks, what, 30s, 40s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kojima took to Twitter, and instead of posting a picture of a bento box or a <laughs> katsu curry, he, he, he said that it's something to do with rim lighting, rimming. Amazing. Everyone's just Googling, sir. <laughs> just rooming. Well, sorry. So just to get step back, there is a picture of the pain. And I guess he does look quite a lot like the guy, the character. It does, yeah. From the trailer. Oh, I guess so. He looks more kind of... Could be. He looks a little bit like the um, the dude from Fantastic Four. I can't remember his name. The no, thing. The, the thing, orange. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, the speculation is that it's Colonel Volgin from Metal Gear Solid 3 who's actually burnt alive while controlling the Shagohod. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's the Shagohod. It's the mech at the end of um, uh, Snake Eater. <laughs> what do you reckon, Alex? <laughs> I just can't believe that you all laugh so much at the fact that it's called Shagohod. Come on. Come on. That's, <laughs> Come on. That's um, funny. I, I, who knows? The thing is, uh, Volgin's fucking huge in Snake Eater like, maybe this was filmed from a distance amazing <laughs> <laughs> way to derail your excitement um, so are you excited because it does look beautiful right yeah I think it, it, although the, the Fox engine seems to make everything really shiny I thought that was rain really shiny but that's yeah obviously it's raining but like when he's crawling along the ground there is no kind of uh, like the rain hits the ground but it doesn't kind of going to pools of water or realistically run down the hill. Really so it looks a bit weird. Everything's wet, but there's no water. Right. So, so no, it looks rubbish. It doesn't look rubbish. It looks no. pretty okay, goddamn sexy. I guess the big talking point about it is that's apparently coming to this generation of consoles. Now, we talked about this on Monday after we saw the trailer, yeah. and we said, is, a, is there a weird situation there's a weird situation happening where third parties want to show the games that they're making currently, presumably on next generation, but they can't basically jump the gun and announce it's on the next gen before Sony and Microsoft say these are actually the next gen consoles. So are their kind of hands tied? Do you think that's the case? Like, I can't... That trailer was not running on a PS3 or Xbox 360. No, they said it's a PC at current gen specs, he said. I just... I honestly do not believe it will look like that. I don't believe it. Do you not think there's moments when Uncharted 3 looks comparable to that trailer? 
I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was. The, I think in comparison to other Metal Gear games, it looked amazing. But I think in comparison to possibly other current gen games, although they're saying that the other night I um, I played the train level just for Japes from Uncharted Two. Yeah, it doesn't look as good as I remembered. No, it just doesn't. And because know, that always happens, years. that always happens. But in my head, I remembered that being like just. I bet I said I thought I bet that's as good as that Metal Gear it wasn't at all. But uh, I bet that's as good just, as that Metal it Gear. It wasn't as good as it was three years ago. <laughs> three years ago. Um, um, the other thing that I thought was a little bit jarring is that you know obviously his movement was really really fluid as he's kind of running from rock to rock and then crawling. But then as soon as he gets in the car, it looks like the car handles like a little funny matchbox toy. <laughs> That did look very Grand Theft Auto, didn't it? Yeah. When he got in and then the camera angle changed. Also, in the kind of shorter trailer that Konami released, he's fucking rubbish. He gets caught immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, miss me. Oh, age hasn't slowed you down. Miss me, you really shit. <laughs> Can't see it that just crawls massive out of a rock spotlight pointing <laughs> right in your into a spotlight. You shouldn't, that's why you should not send geriatrics out on top secret reconnaissance missions. Because you know what? They just need the toilet and they get caught because they've got a bad hip. So. I might jump in with my bit of feedback, actually. Go, Go for, for it. it. Um, it's from Toby from Somerset. Uh, and I guess he's read our Metal Gear Solid movie feature, kind of speculating on what we'd like to see happen. And he's written, here are a list of a few I think would make a good snake. Jeff Bridges, Sean Bean, Kurt Russell and David Hayter. Well, David Hayter is uh, What's he actually snake. look like? I have no idea. He looks like, he it, looks like could... a movie star. Right, OK. Right. Yeah. Is he... He's a screenwriter as well, you know, he wrote X-Men 2 and Watchmen. Yeah, he did, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the problem, is that that is Snake's voice. He will never play Snake. No, of course he will. I film. Think, when I saw that list, I thought Sean Bean. Like, visually, I think. I think Jeff Bridges is a pretty good chat, though. He's too old now. Yeah, but, but that's... I'm, but I, but I'm, I think I'm Sean talking, Bean's just, if you're going to do... I'm it talking depends rimmed with, out Snake here. Rimmed out Snake? Yeah. Stop rimming a Snake. What, in the movie, do you think, do you think he'll be Solid Snake? Do you think he'll be... Old snake, naked snake, naked snake. Who, Snakes on a plane. Because if it was, if it was, Who um, knows? if it was snake, this snake, like snake eater, um, yeah. snake. I think um, Sean Bean's a good shout for that. I think we've learned from previous video game adaptations that do not expect it to be of any similarity to the original source. But Kojima's have. I reckon involved, it might be. So. I reckon this one might be there. Well, then it'd be absolutely bonkers. You streamline it. You'll come but out of it and just go, it's what the, the fuck happened there? Yeah, it's the, I think it's like the same as like doing an X-Men movie. You've got 40 years of mythology, and let's, play, like, let's face it, in 25 years, they've probably crammed in 100 years, 100 years worth of mythology, and it's yeah. so tangled. You just kind of distill it, don't you? Well, that's the thing. Like Kojima has obviously already done feature-length cutscenes in some of his games, so he's got to compress that down into two hours. Do hmm. you think it'll be in Japanese? Again? Will the game? Will the film be in Japanese? Good if it was in Japanese. Sean Bean speaking Japanese with a northern accent. But that's also my problem. He's too like. Is, does he ever do an accent that isn't proper northern? I don't know if he has no. that in his repertoire. What about? He does when what he's double oh six. Hello for King and Country Gems. <laughs> but that's not solid. Alex. Snake. Yeah. Um, I was talking about his character, don't you? <laughs> um, have you seen? Have you seen Fever Pitch? I've not seen Fever Pitch. Did yeah. you play an Arsenal fan? I can't remember. Sorry, when it came. I, if you had a London accent I didn't even. I have seen it, but I don't. Wait, I thought someone else was in Fever. Well, or Robert Carlyle. Yeah. Was it Carlyle? Colin Firth. Was it? Yeah. 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 I thought I always thought Sean Bean was in. No, it as he well. was in When Saturday Comes. <laughs> Which he doesn't die at the end. Who's of. in Up and Over? <laughs> what? 
Neil Morrissey. Up and under. And Samantha Morrissey for Snake. Neil Morrissey. Bumbling Snake. Snake's behaving badly. The other thing he was in. He's not been in anything else, Tommy. You know that. No, what was the one with Michael Elphick? Wasn't he in that? Bob the Builder. Michael Elphick. Snake. Massive fat snake. Oh, stop it. He's dead. Oh, is he? Jesus. Massive fat snake. Snake eating a sofa. Snake eater. Can we move on? I don't know where to move on to. It's autumn, isn't it? It is. Is it? When does autumn actually start? Now. With this podcast. The well, the summer October. in America, the summer ended on Labor Day, which was which was last Monday. But that's not how it works in the UK, no. is it? <laughs> like, seasons, like, I'm sure I thought it was the end of October is when autumn starts or something. Well, well British moment. summertime officially ends at the first week of October, doesn't it? Right. Because oh, the, okay. clock, the clocks go back. Yeah. Um, well, having said that, we uh, posted our <laughs> autumn preview this week. <laughs> it's wrong. Well, we're, we're looking forward to the autumn that's coming up shortly. So we thought we might pick out, pick out a game and film that we all want to see and play this autumn, so... Yes. <laughs> Although, did you manage to think of a film, Alex? Well, again, it depends when autumn technically runs to and from. Okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Definitely not the Got Hobbit it here. Right. Got it here. Definitely not the Hobbit. No, that's the only movie. <laughs> it says here that fall in the northern hemisphere, 2012, what? begins on September 22nd and finishes on Thursday, December 20th. Oh, when's the Hobbit? Out? Hopefully the 21st of December. Right. <laughs> well, no, if you, come on, have The Hobbit. I'm have going to. It's the it. only movie that I'm really looking forward to. When, when does it end, Daniel? December 20th. Has the fact that they've turned it into three movies made you less excited? Yes. Yeah. Or what do what they call the middle one? It's called... Um, uh, I remember... Something to do with Smog, isn't yeah. it? Smog's Demise or something like that. It's yeah. Smog, board. <laughs> That should be the Smog board game. Board. That, kind of, that should be the yeah. Hobbit board game. Smog's board. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, despite all of the the kind of people complaining at the shot in 48 frames per second and all that kind of malarkey, I'm still really looking forward to it because you know you're in safe hands with Peter Jackson. Yeah. The Desolation That's of it. Smog, it's That's called. It. What a title. That's a bit early though, isn't it? Because obviously that happens at the end of the third movie. Spoilers. So that's going well, to be... The, the book anyway. So is it is the book... Sorry, is the are the movies one and two the book, and then three is the bridge. I would imagine so. They've not made it clear, but I would right. imagine that's how it's going to work. God, that third movie is going to be hard work, isn't it? Just not the necessarily songs mm. in the back of the book. Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Tom Bombadil. <laughs> <laughs> just for three hours. It's like your just, favorite character. In the just because it's, it's, it's just because it's a because Tommy Top Bounce is in the room. <laughs> Tommy Top Bounce. I just feel sad that he was missed out. He <laughs> he's not. He's gonna be back. Versions. Also, forty minutes of just looking at a massive fucking map on yeah. IMAX. And it, for anyone who listened to podcasts five through fifty, Alex mentioned this a lot back then. <laughs> Probably <laughs> just banging on about Tom Bombard. Who else? Barrow White. They went in there. <laughs> Barry White. Why <laughs> is Barry White? Barrow White. All right. Jesus Christ. They sound like a dance troupe. <laughs> they are. Tom Bombardil and the Barrow Whites. <laughs> Sexy <laughs> hobbits in bikinis. Sexy hobbits yeah. shaving their feet. <laughs> and uh, is there a game you're looking forward to, Alex? Uh, yes, Need Speed Most Wanted. That is my most wanted of the autumn. Oh, oh very droll, very droll. <laughs> Why? On what, on what platform? Because I know you're a big fan of the Vita version. Well, all of them, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's a bit greedy. Well, but... You're going to play it on play PS3 and on Xbox? I'm play on PC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Um, well, the, the, obviously, the current-gen versions are all going to be pretty much the same as one another, so uh, I will hang out with whoever is playing on whichever format. But Vita does look amazing. You know. iPhone? Uh, so I didn't play it on iPhone. I played it on iPad at Gamescom, and it's it's all right, but it still suffers from the you know gyroscope um, steering, which I cannot stand. Tilt to steer is just retarded. It does that stupid thing where it's always accelerating as well? No. Like okay. some racing games. Like some racing games. No, on this iPhone one doesn't. Now. No, like it's it's got like obviously. Is that not how you drive in real life, Tom? Yeah, always always accelerating. Foot on the, foot on the uh, accelerator, <laughs> pedal to the metal. Because you know, if you use your brake, that's actually using up more fuel. So you shouldn't really always keep your foot on the accelerator. Excellent. Top, top tip. What about you guys? Shall I go next? Yeah, go on, Tom. Uh, the movie that I'm most looking forward to is The Master, which is the new Paul Thomas Anderson film. He's pretty much, I think, the greatest living director at the moment. Um, he's currently churning out good films. His last film was There Will Be Blood, which, as I often will tell you, is my favourite film. Of the will, last Tom 10 will years. often tell you really? that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it looks like it's going to be awesome. It's got Joaquin Phoenix, it's got um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, and it's all about Scientology and cults. Um, well, they say they say it's about Scientology. I think it's, 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 it's called thinly, that resembles thinly veiled. I mm. think they say, but uh, yeah, the trailers look great. Apparently, Anderson showed this to his friend um, Tom Cruise, who he worked on Magnolia. M- Magnolia, with. yeah, and. Obviously, there's lots of stories and probably a lot of misinformation, but apparently he was happy with it apart from one scene. Right. But, I don't know. Is it one where a man drinks a milkshake from the other side of the room with a massive straw? Yeah, is that, that's his thing now. <laughs> and then jumps up and down on a couch. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my most anticipated film, um, just because I just know it's going to be great. And the reviews coming out are really, when, really good. When, do you know when that's coming out, roughly? Uh, I think it's coming out over here f- uh, first week in November, possibly. Okay. Um, but yeah, it looks really good, and I think it's coming out in a seventy mil print as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one for the right. um, one for the film wankers, people that wank over <laughs> film, film wankers. Wow, people that wank over film stock. That's well, like, like you, read. Um, so yeah, and then the game I'm most looking forward to is quite a surprise. Is it Assassin's Creed Three? Because I've never completed an Assassin's Creed game before. Have you and not? It, no. And this is the biggest and the best one ever, apparently. It's the last of the big AAA dinosaurs. Well, I played the second one, and I played it for a good four or five hours before something else came along, and I played something else instead. And mm. then I played 2.75, which was not Brotherhood. The Revelations. One, like Revelations, and I played that for all of about an hour. I think the second one's really that. good. Like, yeah. The first one I played, I've only played the first two. I played Assassin's Creed and the first Ezio one. The first one is just the same three missions over and over is, again. Yeah. But it was just nice to like see this huge map, and it was nice to have a game that was in a historical location, yeah, rather than just some. Well, I finished city. one and two. I thought two, like the ending was great, and yeah. kind of the mythology when the person at the end addresses you by name. Yeah, one. Well, it's, it's an old game. Spoiler, but yeah, but um, yeah, I just I just couldn't be bothered to go into more Ezio. I wanted that third game straight away. And all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it was uh, a lot of the naval warfare stuff that re- it's really grabbed me. Cause oh, that, just that, looked, that looks great. I and, guess you hard though, doesn't Tom? Yeah, and that sort of civil war period, I was a bit down on it to start off with, but I think uh, I'm I'm well, quite up to that war? now. American civil war, no? Revolutionary war. Revolutionary war, same thing. It's not. Same difference. Brilliant. It's all about the same sort of history. Time, yeah. Um, but yeah, that sort of period looks really cool. Everything I've seen looks really good. So yeah, they're the two things I'm looking forward to this file. Mm. Should I go? Go on. My game, after having, I completely, I 
from seeing the trailer at E3 last year, I kind of went on blackout on this game until this week when I had to have a meeting about this game and it's Dishonored. It looks really good. And especially because really Bioshock has been delayed until next year. I think this is the game I'm most looking forward to before Christmas. And I think comparisons with Bioshock are kind of easy to make because you can have powers and you have a weapon. But it's actually, I, I think that's where the similarities end, apart from it seems to have a really strong narrative. Yeah. And it has a world that's a character, like the Rapture, what Rapture was in the first Bioshock game. The city of Dunwall, like, the design on it is really interesting. It's kind of drawing on 18th century Paris and London, and there's a plague, and there's this all this world, this great mythology. It's got an amazing cast. It's got Susan Sarandon, it's got Chloe Moretz, Brad DeReef, uh, Michael Madsen, you know, and Carrie Fisher, um, who pops up all over the place on the Tannoy system, like um, churning out, spewing out propaganda at you. And you're a bodyguard that's trying to clear, clear your name. It just sounds really good. And it's, I want to play that game. So have you not played it at all yet? I haven't played it at all. I kind of missed yeah, I played it. played it at E3. And it's, oh, so I was playing it alongside someone else from IGN. And the whole point of it is, is you've got your mission. You need to know... You know, the guy you've got to get is in some building, but how you get there are so many different routes and, you know, you can either go full-on stealth or full-on kind of uh, gory um, attack scenes and it does look awesome. And the, and it sounds like a quite, like, to build this game sounds like quite, like, a mental feat in itself because they give you all these abilities, but you can combine them in so many different yeah. unique ways. Like, you can combine different supernatural powers. So when they've been QAing it, they've been had this tricky situation where they've unexpected things have happened yeah. and they've had to work out is that an unexpected thing that's a bug or is it an unexpected thing that we want to la- allow that's to cool. happen because yeah. someone's just been creative yeah. in that situation so you can teleport and combine it with bending time to fall at a slower rate that yeah. means you can do something else and it just it, it seems a very creative game yeah so that's my most Almost sounds a bit Deus Exy in that sort of sense. Yeah. It's um, a lot more I, accessible than Deus Ex, I think. I think the graphics could be a little bit better, though. Like, even though, like, the costume design, the world design, technology design is all really impressive, the actual execution just looks a little just bit... better graphics. A little bit rushed. Now, for instance, when somebody breaks a window, the glass disappears before it hits the ground. It just looks a little bit shonky around the edges, perhaps. Yeah, I just think... I, I, I'd rather have... A good an game. immersive gameplay oh, yeah. experience That's... than that kind of stuff but yeah have you got a film? I do have a film everyone took the other films but I'm going to say VHS just because I really like portmanteau horror movies I always really loved them as like growing up and the fact that someone's made a new one that's I've heard is quite good like as always with portmanteau horror movies like Tales from the Crypt or Dead of Night or you know the Amicus movies you get some kind of rubbish sections but you kind of watch it for the variety, but also you know there's probably going to be one or two good ones. I know you've seen it. So. I have. You should have come and seen it with me. Yeah. Played at Fright Fest. Is it worth looking forward to? Yeah, it's scary. Okay. It's scary. It goes on a bit too long. Yeah. You know, a couple of them are a bit long, but... But it, I'm really looking forward to seeing that at a cinema. Yeah. Because I really see horror movies at the cinema. I think I'm really looking forward to seeing that. It there's did, nothing better. It did frighten me. Actually, there's a there's a portmanteau... Well, there's a there's um, an anthology horror coming out made by some of the people that made VHS called The ABCs of Death, and that's got 26 short movies in it. Wow. Each one a different letter. Wow, that sounds really good. <laughs> I thought wow. it would be like reader figures. That's it's a good job they didn't do the Chinese alphabet. <laughs> just, yeah. That's a rubbish job. <laughs> it's not even an alphabet. It's just a series of ideograms. You are. <laughs> Idiogram. <laughs> Retarded well, stripper. 
The film I'm looking forward to is called Seven Psychopaths. Not Skyfall. Not Skyfall. Seven Psychopaths. I don't know if you mentioned it before. Do you know this one, Alex? No. It's by Martin McDonough, who I was a big fan of. He was a playwright. He used to watch all his plays. And he's only done one film, and it was in Bruges. Oh, she oh, wrote and directed. Yeah, and all his stuff has this really dark sense of humour. It's kind of funny, but you're not sure you should be laughing at everything he writes. And so this is um, in America. This one, he's Colin Farrell's the lead again. Who uh-huh. Colin Farrell should only make films with him. I think they obviously they've got a similar voice, and it's got uh, Sam Rockwell and Crystal Walken in it, and it's about dog kidnappers. I've seen a trailer for it. And it does look really good. I reckon that'll be really. good. I remember yeah. when you first told me about yeah. this movie. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh, who's the, Tom Waits, isn't it? It's got a really mental cast. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see that. And, oh, I didn't, I didn't do Skyfall, did I? Well, we talked a bit about Skyfall, but I think we are all really excited for What Skyfall. shall I say, 007 Legends for my game, then? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah? All the best bits from the movies in a game. Well, not all the movies. And probably not movies. all the best bits. Probably and not it might not even be a game. Brilliant, right? I'm trying to sell it here, for God's sake. Is it going to work, though, as a game? You tell me, because I don't really know what I'm talking about. Um... Well, it, by the looks of it, you were right when we were saying it was all, it's going to be all the Bonds in the game. It's not. It's going to be Daniel Craig in all the films. Yeah. Uh, what's been announced so far? Honor Majesty's Secret Service, Secret Service, obviously. I think we're going to see a level from each Bond. Um, but seven levels doesn't seem like a lot for a game. So would you think there'd be seven worlds? Uh, probably yeah, like seven level. Like, I don't think that terminology works so much anymore. But like seven stages, like, and there'll be probably lots of missions within yeah. each film. Yeah, seven missions. Yeah, I was like say yeah, because there are lots of like big set pieces from yeah. movies that you could you, you know. It probably won't be the biggest game. Individual ever. games, you can probably pull two or three levels out. Of, so. I really yeah. hope Dying Other Days in there. So yeah, um, but yeah, I think they've announced a lot more of the games. But I think it could be good. Could be yeah. good. Yeah, cool. That's our autumn preview. But maybe if the readers and listeners have any films or games they're looking forward to, they could drop us a line. Uh, IGN UK feedback at IGN dot com or IGN UK on Facebook and Twitter. Yep. Uh, and I didn't mm-hmm. mention Borderlands Two in there. That is my most wanted game. But I didn't know whether it fits. Technically, within the autumn preview, because that in a couple of weeks. I think you didn't seem to care when you said think, the Hobbit. Actually, well, I think I was right with actually, Alex. I think good points. I think it comes out on September twenty first, which is a day before autumn starts. That's so why I didn't include it. It's the last big game of the summer. But unlucky that game. Is unlucky. Unlucky. Blow my balls. Like Alex's phrase. <laughs> unlucky. 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 <laughs> unlucky Borderlands. Uh, <laughs> he didn't make it. Anyway, let's uh, head on over to Reader Fu. And I had the first bit of feedback, but I've already read it out. Let's move on to number two. Alan Flynn writes in saying, I think the answer to Kratos staring those stupid Hollywood fat cats, fat cats right in their stupid, stubby, cigar-chomping faces. What? That doesn't make any sense. He's talking about who should play Kratos. Uh, he suggests Matt Lucas. Dip him in white paint, dab on some red, and give him some boots and a loincloth, and you can see he's born to made apart. Why are you talking like that? Because Matt Lucas talks like that sometimes. <laughs> That's quite a good impression. What would he say is Kratos? What? <laughs> what would he say in the role of Kratos? Oh, God. Uh, can you, Zeus. I don't know. <laughs> Zeus. <Yeah. laughs> Zeus, you murdered my family. <laughs> um, I've just finished uh, God of War 3, actually, because I played it quite a lot when it came out. <laughs> I stuck on a level, did you? Four you years later. Level. But you just you remember the Konami, Konami it, code. That game came out just as uh, my little girl was born. And um, so I never got around to finishing it. So I thought, just before Ascension comes out, I'll play God of War 3. And there are bits in it that are really, really shit. The, uh, the rhythm action bit 
what the fuck what is the that fuck all about? Is Why that about? is that in there? God, I remember getting so frustrated on that. It took me about an hour to get past yeah. that. It's so irritating. Uh, and then the other bit, or bits, are the bits where he flies either up <laughs> or, or down, in bits. and out of fucking oh, Hades. Oh, God, like, yeah. All right, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know you've built an engine for that, but stop fucking shoehorning it in. <laughs> But still a great game. <laughs> but still a great game. Proper, Should we talk about any other games that came out two years ago? Brutal, like when you're slamming like Zeus's face into a rock. I think this should be the style like of your video reviews. <laughs> Fucking stop shoving your engine in my face. <laughs> but it is, it's like, oh, we've developed this, let's make it into something nice. Matt Thanks, Lucas Matt. back in the room uh, I've got the next bit of feedback from Matt Smith I don't think it's Doctor Who um, he says rugby league's main following is in Yorkshire and Lancashire but do you think that games like rugby league live 2 can help spread the game uh, help the game spread its following rugby games are never going to be massive are they what are you talking about the sports following or the games following? I think he talks about. I think he means the sports yeah. following rather than people following I think the game. Rugby union's got such a foothold, I think, in the in the south that it's tough for league to break through. I think. I don't know what the difference is. Well, he uh, so rugby league is a lot more like American football because they have um, they have downs and overs and all that sort of stuff. Le- a union is a bit more. Um, uh, wait, there's there's less players on union. There's more players in league. There's league's supposed to be more like fast and frantic isn't it there's less yeah. sort of stopping yeah basically I don't know what I'm talking about but they, from Lancashire but similarly to American football they have so many downs to get to the other end of the they pitch do, yeah, yeah five yeah. I, I can't be bothered to go into it here no <laughs> Chris, um, Chris will know but I guess I to Matt Smith's question um it's going to be really difficult unless it's like a I don't know just, they need someone big to invest a lot of money and it'll never make a lot of money it'll so never recoup never the money game. so it'll never get the investment of the money if it's like American football can't they just have a rugby league mode in Madden but but see, that would just be, take the helmets off that yeah, would be good come on. That, I mean like a FIFA street to FIFA it could be a rugby league term to Madden but I just don't think it, EA are not. ready to invest that sort of money I think you're upsetting a lot of rugby league fans now by <laughs> same saying you don't get regular cricket games either no anymore no I think unfortunately it's a niche sport Matt and it will remain a niche sport until well I don't know what what's the last big sport that came out What's the best? Li- Was well, anything really broken through? <laughs> thing. What's a new sport? Uh, <laughs> What's the most re- what handball? The, what is the world's most recent sport? <laughs> I don't know the answer to Rollerball, chess. Uh, uh, Actually, roller derby is quite new. Yeah, that's not got a game yet. Hasn't got a game. It's coming. <laughs> Excellent. Who's got the next bit of feedback? Next bit of feedback is from Dacon. Dacon. It's called Dacon M. Williams. He says, Hey, IGN UK, you guys had a conversation about Sonic's speed and size. One of you said human size, but he's the size of a five to seven year old. Reference Sonic Adventure. Thank you. What? He's the size of a five to seven year old? <laughs> five to seven year old. And for references, we should just check out Sonic Adventure. Apparently that. Or, okay. So that clarifies it. It's, I it's, it's a Sonic standing five, next to a five, five to seven year old. But is that a massive five to seven year old or a really tiny one? Like Actually, Hodge, yeah, Dacon. Hedgehog how, how big is the five to seven year old? So. Is he a five to seven year old hedgehog? Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, we're back to square one. What's the average size of a five to seven year old hedgehog? <laughs> About that. Uh, squash flat. <laughs> That's tiny, Tom. How <laughs> does a hedgehogs live? How do hedgehogs? That's a good point, Alex. Because if hedgehogs only live to four, that's sad times. It's the size of a corpse. 
But thank you for taking the time out thank to you, answer that question. Yes. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's have a look what's coming out this week. But first, uh, the the charts. Sleeping Dogs is no longer number one. Can you, Adam and Eve, it? Yeah. All right then. What's number one then? Is it the um, Dark Siders two? Wrong. Is it a PC game? Yes. Yes. Is it Guild Wars 2? It's Guild Wars 2. <laughs> what well, well, the score is on the charts, Alex. Uh, Guild Wars 2 is number one. Sleeping Dogs number two. Darkseid has gone all the way down to number six, surprisingly. Um, good to see that the uh, Olympics game is still at number four, so the Paralympics carrying that along quite nicely. And then Carrying that torch, you might say. Yes, you might say that. Passing the baton. Yes, that too. Uh, Jumping over that final hurdle. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Madden, where did that come <laughs> Um, Madden in the UK 10, 14, 52 huh. Rugby league isn't it <laughs> Top 20 No Yes Number 7 Ooh That's, that's what high. I thought uh, Then only one other um, New entry Tales of Grace's F oh, Which comes out come like, like two years after It came it's out Three years after we It's ages That guy needs to get a better addiction well, Isn't it a PS3 version of, the, of it Yeah this is Is it 25 no 14 surprisingly that's a lot but I think that's because not much else is out no a bit harsh there's a lot of kind of old stuff in there Transformers dropped down to number 8 from 5 so still got good, good reviews that game yeah um, what's out this week games no idea because I've totally forgotten to write it down here Shall I fill? No, just, just Honestly, there's well. nothing really out in games this week. I'll tell you what, there is one thing that, that might be worth picking up, which is Joe Danger Special Edition. It's just been reduced in price in preparation you, for Joe Danger 2, which is out next week. You are the world's biggest Joe Danger fan. I do love it. I do love it. you got a Joe Danger t-shirt? No, I, I'm, I'm going to get one. But if Sean is listening... Yeah, if Sean, you're listening. T-shirts. T-shirts. What about movies? Movies. Well, uh, Total Recall opened at number one last week. Uh, followed by The Watch, which is supposed to be dire, um, but neither of them made particularly much money. Will Will really liked The Watch. He described it to me as a dirty Ghostbusters. Okay. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I liked it. It's like a dirty Ghostbusters. Four that sounds like mots. a sexual manoeuvre. It Got does. Four, three Golden Wilmots. So. Mm. Um, Brave stays at number three, and Brave has now overtaken Cars and Cars 2, overtaken? which are Pixar's least successful films. What? Cars and Cars 2 are the least successful films? Yeah. At Ca- box Cars, office, Cars probably is not the least successful film financially. But they make more, most money in merchandising. Yeah, yeah. Hence they made Cars 2. Oh no, because they really had another story to tell. Um, <laughs> the, the biggest faller on the chart was Keith Lemon, the film, um, which fought, fell 69%. Ooh. And is apparently 0% fresh at Rotten Tomatoes at that. <laughs> that left a sour taste in his oh, mouth. Apparently, Keith Lemon, Lemon. Well, <laughs> Keith Lemon is, uh, is rampaging as well on Twitter. He he blocked Alex Zane after Alex Zane gave it gave it a bad review. He went, went on Twitter and said, oh, you come to the premiere and drink my drinks and eat my food and then they go slag it off in the paper and blah, 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 and blocked him on Twitter. Wow. Yeah, he probably went into a rant and tirade wow. about it. It made, But it's made 2.5 million, which Zane. means... That's. I mean, yeah. it won't have cost two point five million to make that film. So no, and it'll turn a profit on DVD. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Um, God, that. I really hope I don't get that in my stocking at Christmas. That's totally what you're getting. Totally. Oh, <laughs> if I get you for Secret Santa, I'll buy four copies of Great. it. <laughs> Great. And I should. I should actually name check that I get the chart from Charles Gantz Guardian 
uh, column about the charts every week. So his, should, his column is excellent. Yeah, it's really good. So have a look at that if you get the chance. Fair and informative. Um, and out this week <laughs> are in the cinema a couple of films worth seeing. Lawless, yeah. which is all right. Yeah. Worth a look. It's and got that idiot in it though, isn't it? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, playing the same role he always plays. But he's, him. He's, he's got a fantastic cast Hardy. and a fantastic premise and it just none of it, none never, of it. Never gets going, does no. it? Never gets going. Gary Oldman, it's, he, he's on the poster, second billing, and it's a cameo. Yeah, he's in it twice. Uh, just spoilers. Um, and But, like, Tom Hardy, he's great, but he's, it's almost a comedy performance. He, he Most of his lines are him looking away from camera and going... He seems to have gone to the Marlon Brando <laughs> school of acting these days where he just mumbles all his lines and, and write, write, writes his dialogue down on, on props. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's worth a look. But Judge Dredd's out. Dread 3D's out this week. And you should all go see it. Because we, we all liked it. Yeah, we all loved it. Yeah, a really great movie. And there's lots of Judge Dredd stuff happening on the site this week, including a couple of interviews with... The judge himself, Carl Urban. Oh, he was in the office last week. We came in the office. That. Yeah, lovely chap. Tom drank a beer with him at his desk. Two beers. On Twitter. Ooh. Two beers? Tom, that's reckless. You're on Twitter, man. <laughs> Your eyes met across the smoky room. Next thing you know, across the smoky hashtag. Yeah. Alex, any games out or did uh, you? No. No, fine. <laughs> but, 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 there are some big games coming out soon. Borderlands 2. Go and buy it. Brilliant. We don't get paid to say that. No, but I just want... I you are really looking forward to that game now. It's More than like... anything in the world. Yes. <laughs> Can I give a couple of plugs? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Medal of Honor Warfighter is coming out in October. To celebrate, we've got a 46-inch 3D TV to give away, as well as a PlayStation 3. Um, so if you just look on the site, you'll be able to find that competition. Uh, that's open to UK residents only, and all you need to do is enter your details. It's as easy as that. That easy. That easy. Like your bang details. Uh, if you know you Judge Dread, go to the Judge Dread wiki on IGN, uh, fill it in, uh, add as much info as you can, and you could win a PlayStation 3 also. And a signed poster? Can we throw one of them in? Or Yeah, why not? Yeah, why, why not? not? I'll, sign, I'll throw in a signed poster as well. There you go. Signed by Tom Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to give away some top jobs at some point today, but that's probably probably too late. <laughs> too late. Yeah, it's in the fast. Unless I've got a spare pack in my, in my back pocket. So anyway, uh, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will be back same time next week. So until then, bye bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.